Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host, joined by Joe Cook. Uh, Joe and I were at practice yesterday uh, morning, uh, and then we were both uh, attended the uh, Steve Sarkeesian press conference afterwards. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that, what we saw in practice, as well as what uh, we talked to, to uh, uh, Coach Sarkeesian about and listened to what he had to say. Uh, Joe, your initial impressions of the Longhorns on Monday morning. You know, uh, a lot of the young players are going to have some opportunities. That's that's one thing I, I really noticed. And uh, I know a lot of people may want that to be Arch Manning at quarterback, and I think he's going to have an opportunity considering he's a second-string guy with Malik Murphy's status, which I know we're going to get into. But, you know, DeAndre Moore, second-string slot wide receiver. Jonte Cook, second-string field wide receiver. Uh, there were some members of the early enrollee class of 2023 on the offensive line. Uh, that have already started to at least seemingly move up a little bit on the depth chart. Cedric Baxter uh, with Keelan Robinson and Jonathan Brooks out. Uh, he was a second string uh, running back. So um, that was the big thing I noticed is a lot of these 2023 guys as part of a, a number three ranked signing class uh, who are already on campus are getting some opportunity. So uh, really exciting stuff if you're a young player and that's always exciting to see how these guys react early, and so far seems like it's gone pretty good. We're gonna we're gonna rename those guys, and instead of the red coats, instead of the red shirts, they're gonna be the red coats. And it's gonna be Paul Revere saying the red coats are coming, the red coats are coming because they are they're coming. <laughs> the Longhorns have some freshmen. To your point of view, Joe, that uh, uh, they certainly impress on the hoof, and uh, and what little we did see, whether it was athleticism. Uh, ability to go up and catch the ball in traffic, uh, drive the ball deep downfield in the, the case of Arch Manning, uh, just across the board, even Leonga Lafau in coverage uh, as a true freshman, just really, really impressive across the board, I thought, uh, as somebody that's seen a lot of first springs and a lot of initial uh, practices from the Longhorns, the sheer volume of high-level players on the field uh, felt a little different. They are young, though. Uh, I would I would uh, uh, say this. I do feel that Texas's depth is definitely still young. All right. Uh, when we listened to Steve Sarkeesian in the press press conference, the very first thing someone asked him was, "What does he want to improve on in year uh, this coming year?" And his answer was pretty simple, Joe. Uh, give folks uh, an, an idea of what he said and and why you think he said it. Yeah, he was all about the uh, pass game and pass rush. Um, if you remember towards the end of last year, you know, the Alamo Bowl was a bright spot. But other than that, there were some dud games from Quinn Ewers in the passing game. And it wasn't all on Quinn, but a lot of attention, and rightfully so, is going to go on him as a quarterback. And so uh, that's why that was mentioned, because they can run the ball. And Steve Sarkeesian even said this today or on Monday he believes, you know, we're going to run the ball. I, I put 1,000-yard rushers on the field every season, and he's got the numbers to back that up. But they've got to have a passing game to go along with it, and that was just not good enough last year for what they wanted to do. So they want to improve on the passing game, and they definitely want to improve on the pass rush. Uh, the way Steve Sarkeesian calls it is affecting the quarterback. Um, and if you remember, I think pro football focus in whatever way they measure stats – measured that Texas had a bunch of pressures last year. They also had more sacks. They did get the quarterback on the ground a little bit more often than they had in years past, but there's always room for more and there's always a want and need for more 
uh, especially as you're in the Big 12 for one more year. And I know there's more balance these days, but it always helps with with every process. Uh, and especially now that you're seeing teams, <clears throat> Texas Tech, go ahead and go in for it on fourth and four or fourth and three. Having a pass rush and having the ability to create negative plays, in addition to the pretty solid run defense that Texas has had, will definitely help create a more complete defense for Pete Kwiatkowski and company. So I can see why that's a, a big need or a want for Texas during the spring to improve upon. The only issue is the, the people that you're relying on to do that, outside of Baron Sorrell, you kind of have a lot of questions. Like, Yeah, no. Put it, it, up? Yeah, uh, Sarkeesian was asked point blank, uh, who's the buck? Who's going to step step up over there? said, right now, we don't know. Ask me that in a couple weeks. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Right. And you and I both heard that and saw it. And, you know, you have to nod your head. They got to prove it once it happens. Justice Finkley is over there. Jamon Tapp, uh, Jeray Bledsoe, a bunch of guys are quote unquote possibilities, but nobody's proven it yet. And Sark is taking that that tone. Uh, the thing about the past game that I, I found interesting is you mentioned all those backups. A.D. Mitchell was running second team as well. Um, but probably the most noteworthy thing, and and you and I had mentioned this in post post game, Xavier Worthy had been dealing with a a hand injury all all of the second half of last season. We we knew that and kind of made some some hints at that, but didn't really report it because we don't report injuries if coaches uh, and the staff don't uh, divulge them because we don't want to give anybody any uh, for any uh, any uh, leeway or. Uh, advantage uh, that the the staff doesn't want or what's whatever but uh, Xavier Worthy it comes out has a broken hand uh, most of last year uh, had a uh, cast on his arm in fact in his hand uh, for a bunch of it uh, what do you make of that uh, revelation uh, from Steve Sarkeesian and admittance uh, so to speak Joe well he probably could have saved uh his player, a little bit of public grief, I guess, or public polarization. I don't know what the exact right term is, but a lot of people viewed Xavier Worthy as a, as a lightning rod uh, for a lot of the offense's struggles last year. And here you go. You learn that he, he, a wide receiver who's got to do this a lot, one of them isn't fully functional or, or broken or hampered or injured. So um, his expl explanation was that, you know, I didn't, I don't have to tell you, okay true it's not the nfl where if he doesn't take very many reps during the week like steve sarkeesian said they did at times with worthy uh to where you have to note a guy as questionable or doubtful don't have to do that at all he can only reveal what he wants to reveal he also said hey you know it, it could uh you know maybe put a target on his hand well it's xavier worthy the, the guy is going to be a target no matter what for opposing defenses. He's going to be the first guy or second guy, maybe on a Bijan Robinson led team that they look at. So I, I get his perspective as a coach, but for me, and I guess for fans as well, it's like, look, this was someone who 
we had very high expectations for going into last year. And I think he still had a really solid year. Um, he had the ability to get open, still got open, but we it would have probably helped a lot of people's impression of Worthy had they know he was battling, battling is the key word there, through a broken hand. Um, and one more thing is that while that does affect the way a wide receiver plays, there were some things in his game that he definitely needs to improve upon that I think from all intents and purposes, we, we've heard that he's working to improve upon that weren't hands related. Um, and Bobby, you and I saw yesterday, they he was one of the first ones to the field uh, to show up, start getting work. And we've heard that that's a consistent habit for Xavier Worthy. So, you know, I'm, I, I, I am sympathetic to Steve Sarkeesian's reasoning. I don't think it was the exact right decision because it could have saved him and his player and a lot of different people a decent amount of grief uh, throughout the course of last year but he decided to you know wear that anyway um and i've got to tell you joe i just disagree with you so i i I, he uh i think that he may have wanted to say it in the post game of the alamo bowl he said he didn't say it primarily because he didn't want to give opponents any advantage after the Alamo Bowl and that drop that Worthy had, I don't think he wanted to give anybody an excuse for that drop. And then he could have had – and that's the last time he's really met with the media. It was the last time. Yeah, And, and so he hasn't really had an open opportunity uh, to discuss that uh, other than, than that right after the Alamo Bowl. But you don't want to mention that in the wake of an Alamo Bowl to give people an excuse right. on, on why a guy dropped a touchdown pass. So – I I just I feel like if a uh, opponent can get an edge by knowing an injury and you don't have to divulge it, then don't divulge it. So I I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree, agree to disagree. Let's talk about a couple other things going on, uh, and this is, also deals with injury and the quarterback room. Malik Murphy still having some feet problems. I, it, Sark saying he's out right now a little bit and taking a little uh, wait and see because of his foot. Uh, what do you make of this and? You know, Arch Manning already running second team reps. Yeah, that it's real unfortunate for Malik because you can tell by the way Sarkeesian talks about Malik that he he really sees the ceiling and wants he, to bring that ceiling out, but he just I hasn't agree. had the opportunity to because he he hasn't been healthy enough. And I I think if you go back, I can't remember when it was last year, uh, but he was asked about you know why you know Malik Murphy goes from being on the travel roster to not even, you know, getting into a, a blowout game, I think, against West Virginia. And somebody asked him on the following Monday, you know, why didn't, you know, we saw uh, Hudson Card, we saw Charles Wright, why didn't we see Malik Murphy? And he goes, he's not healthy. And that had been after that injury occurred in, what, December of 2021, um, and that limited him in the spring of 22 as well. So the fact that this is still lingering, like it's it, it's got to be of, of a concern because uh, it's great for him to get mental reps and be right there and not be working off in the old uh, Pat Moore pit uh, with all the other uh, rehabilitating guys. But at some point, th- these physical reps need to turn into mental reps for Murphy or excuse me, the other way around. These mental reps need to turn into physical reps or else, yeah. Hudson, or excuse me, Arch Manning may solidify himself as the second guy. Charles Wright may be able to solidify himself as the third guy. So um, for a prospect who was like Murphy coming out of high school, who I don't want to say was, 
you know, whenever we think of raw, we think of like big athletes who just have a big arm, but don't know what to do with it. I, I, he was raw, but I don't think he was raw in that sense. He needed to rework his motion some, but he had an idea of offense and what to do and, you know, touch on football, stuff like that. But in a Steve Sarkeesian offense, you need reps and he just hasn't been able to give himself the opportunity to go through those reps and with the talent that's now on campus, it may be setting him back further and further. And it stinks because I've I wanted to see what he can do in a game too because he's got that big arm and big frame. Uh, but we just have not been able to see it happen. And who knows if we're going to see it happen this spring with this foot injury. Very first thing I, I, I thought of uh, when you said that, you know, Sark talks highly of Malik Murphy. He really, it, you can tell, there's sometimes when coaches are just giving them throwaway words. He, when he talks about intangibles with with uh, Malik Murphy, he really means it, in my opinion. Um, I was I was very impressed by that today. I, by by that one uh, during the uh, press conference on Monday uh, with uh, Steve Sarkeesian. Uh, next thoughts. First initial reaction for you on Arch Manning. I mean, he looks pretty polished uh, for someone who's a freshman. Um, you know, one of the things that we're not able to really tell during these 20 minutes is how he handles competition. And that's always been the big question with Arch Manning. I'm not a big expert on Louisiana high school football. Uh, and I know he wasn't playing, you know, the lowest of the low competition because of the way it works and private schools play public schools are in the same division, things like that. Uh, but no matter what, whether you go to Allen, whether you go to Quero, whether you go to Mart, there's a step up in competition uh, between the high school football level and the power five level, especially at a place like Texas. We haven't really gotten a chance to see how that works. We'll hear from it from our sources and be able to post that on inside Texas during our reporting throughout the week, but everything else, you know, he looks like he knows how to throw a football. He looks like he knows how to keep his feet in the right, moving in the right direction. He looks like an athlete. He looks mobile. Like there's a reason uh, we saw some of the reason why he was raked as a five-star um, and ended up as the industry rankings number one overall prospect that when things were all said and done. Um, he's, I mean, he, he looked the part. He looked like Arch Manning and looked like everything we expected from him. I'm really curious to hear how he fared uh, going against some competition, against the throwing windows, things like that, and uh, how he fares in that aspect over the course of the entire 14 practices in spring game. Impressive. It was my first thought uh, when I when I saw him. I um, physically well put together, uh, tight spiral, super tight spiral, drives the ball deep. Um, I, I think he's a special prospect. I, I really believe that. And uh, I've, I've been doing this a long time, Joe, uh, and I don't know that I've seen a more ready made quarterback enter the 40 acres. So is there anything that you saw today that stands out as way different than what you may have seen on film from him at Newman? Or something that, like, seeing it in person, you're like, oh, wow, it really jumps out now. So it's it, so I felt like he was incredible in high school, so I don't want to take away from that. Uh, his size, he's bigger than Quinn Ewers. I mean, physically, like, I think he's got more weight to him, more heft to his body, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and 
therefore he kind of looks like he belongs on a college football field right away. Um, and you add all of that together. And Paul Wadlington and I talked about this. Sometimes you just see somebody and you, you know, you can say he's six, four, six, five and 200 pounds, but you, it, it all depends what the proportions are. Right. Well, he, he's got it. Um, and so I feel like that was the one thing that, that was an answered question of mine, but then you add on all the other things. Again, I'm, Trying to think back through my 30 years of, of following Texas football, I can't think of a more ready-made player, a true freshman quarterback, ready-made than Arch Manning. He is an impressive, impressive dude. Um, let, let's talk a little bit more. I think that the receivers bear some discussion uh, as well. Uh, Savion Red and the running backs deserve some discussion. Uh, with uh, Jonathan Brooks and uh, Keelan Robinson, both out nursing injuries, uh, a hernia surgery uh, for Brooks, uh, a groin, uh, aggra aggravated groin or ongoing issue there for uh, Keelan Robinson. He was suffering from that even way back last season uh, during parts of the season. Um, Jaden Blue got reps with the ones and Cedric Baxter, CJ Baxter was at two uh, there. Then there was a uh, walk-on running back and then four was Savion Red. Um, but I want to say this, Savion Red in the open portion that we got a chance to see was actually called out by Tashard Choice as a, running a great route. I mean, he, I think it was David Benda that he absolutely turned sideways on a, on a route um, and went up and made an extended armed catch. Uh, I, just early returns, Baxter looks as good or better than advertised. I mean, he looks, looks really talented. Jaden Blue still has some size to him. We'll see how he works once the pad, the full pads goes on goes on. But Savion Red, uh, Sark talked about trying to create something different with him today in the uh, or in on Monday during the press conference. What was your takeaway from that? Yeah, uh he basically said Debo Samuel without saying the two words Debo Samuel. Um that that's that's I think that's what Texas fans have thought about the whole time with with Savion Red. Now I think Debo's got a little bit more heft to him. Uh, but still, that skill set is is what I think Sarkeesian is trying to to groom in Savion Red, a guy who can run routes, uh, which we know he can do after playing the wide receiver position, a guy who's got toughness after basically playing wildcat quarterback for Grand Prairie High uh, during his senior year, and a guy who's got some shake. I mean, we remember that Kansas State game. He had a couple of really good plays, uh, including two important ones, I think, on scoring drives. So, um, And also – uh, like you mentioned, there's some walk-ons there in that room and not to take away from anything those guys are doing. And also to acknowledge that Brooks and, and Robinson are uh, currently limited right now, but uh, they needed some numbers there. And and that may be part of it, but I think it may be part of the overall grander vision uh, to bring in guys uh, like him to, to help create some versatility. So um, I, I like it. I, it, you know, when it kind of reminds me of when when Roshan Johnson first made that switch to running back, I don't think there was very many people who were apprehensive about it just because of all the opportunities he had running the football in high school uh, when he was at Port Natchez Groves. Like he did a lot of his own running. He did a lot of gap running because the Indians set up run plays for him. Same thing happened for Savion Red. Now he's just got to learn how to take the handoff uh, and, and follow a blocker or, or something like that instead. And uh, work a little bit on pass protection, which after you know being a wide receiver last year, you think it could uh, 
fit in that role pretty well. So um, I, I liked what I saw. I like the overall idea for the vision of the offense with him. You have to consider, you know, Jaden Blue was a good wide receiver out of high school, at least was a good wide receiver and running back during the years he played varsity football. Remember, he skipped that senior year, and that was really yeah. Important. I think I think the difference with Blue and and, and uh, Red <laughs> um, is that Savion Red actually can make people miss in a phone booth a little bit. Uh, Jaden Blue is one of those straight line speed guys. Right, let, let's go on to the the wide receiver room real quick, Joe, because we we have limited time here left uh, you know i found it interesting that the backup outside to uh xavier worthy was jonte cook who mm-hmm. looked fantastic quick could make extended armed catches uh, went up in the air on a couple of them uh deandre moore behind jordan whittington ad mitchell the transfer from georgia behind casey kane those three um you know they all looked Pretty good. Mitchell caught a deep ball from Arch uh, down near the goalpost that was just like, I don't know how much better throw that can be. And I, I think it was an absolutely gorgeous route by A.D. Mitchell as well. Um, your your initial thoughts on those three new wide receivers for the Longhorns? Yeah, I saw that play from, from A.D. Mitchell as well. And that was after a couple incomplete passes. And I see that. And that is a, you know, looking over right here play that he made. So it was a real impressive one. Um, that, I'm not that kind of play, I, Matt, or, uh, excuse me, Joe, that kind of play translates on any field. Exactly. That, that's the issue that it could have been, it could have been in the NFL. It could have been in a big time game in college football. You make those kind of plays, those kind of throws and catches. It translates at every level. Right. And then with, with Jonte, I'm, I'm not surprised at all that he's already number two. And I think I really like that spot of him at that field wide receiver position. I think he did a lot of that at DeSoto. Um, I think he, he honestly, I don't know if he has the exact same speed as Xavier Worthy right now, but I think he has a little bit more route running ability uh, and may arguably, arguably more polished or by the time fall football comes around, he may have more polished. Um, and maybe even better hands. I'd like to see what Worthy looks like when his hands aren't aren't broken, I guess to say. Uh, but uh, Jonte was a top 30, you know, five-star prospect for a reason. It's because he had really good body control, uh, really good hands, and he had really strong, not super elite, but still really good straight line speed. So it's no surprise that he's there, um, especially with someone like Isaiah Nayor, who could fit at either kind of outside wide receiver role still nursing uh, his injury and some other, you know, one other receiver. Um, I forget who it is. Who's the third who's, who's coming in from the high school ranks. Um, uh, Ryan Niblett. Not Ryan until Niblett. Like, but not he may not, who knows where he's going to factor, whether that's slot or not. So um, I really like him there. I think that shows that the coaches really like him already. And it's going to probably lead to him getting a fair amount of uh, opportunities early in his career. With DeAndre Moore, you know, I, I kind of figured that that would be uh, what he would end up doing because if you watch his film, he's really great with the ball in his hands. Um, and he's a really good football player too. There's a definitely definitely a lot of want to uh, on his film, um, but there's not a ton of route running. Um, there's not a lot of like real polished play. He had the benefit of, A, his senior year playing for a powerhouse high school at St. John Bosco, and then before that playing with Malachi Nelson, who's a very highly rated quarterback who's heading the USC. 
So a lot of what they did was either, wow, you're open, we're going to throw it to you, or, you know, we're going to get you the ball your hands really quick. You got to run routes properly in this offense, and I think that's uh, something he's going to work on. But being from that slot receiver position where he's not going to have a ton of press coverage, he'll be working maybe more against some guys playing off of him, should help him a little bit early while he's still getting some of those aspects down in his game. Got it. Um, I, I felt like the thing that Jonte Cook did better than, and you mentioned how he ran better routes. I don't necessarily think that he ran better, but runs better routes uh, than Xavier Worthy. I think he comes back to the ball better than anybody on the roster already. Like he, when he, he comes back to the ball, it's an aggressive move back to open up some space for a receiver on comebacks. Um, that's what he did better than, than anybody in my, my recollection. Uh, the other thing I would say about DeAndre Moore that was clear, he's very smooth, uh, a smooth route runner, smooth pass catcher. He does not struggle with to catch the ball uh, as well. A.D. Mitchell did have a drop, but uh, so did Xavier Worthy. So did some others as well as we watched it all. All right, hey, Joe, let's pay attention. Uh, thanks for this, this update on, on Tuesday. Let's pay attention on Wednesday when they have another – uh, viewing a little bit more on the defense uh, for folks uh, because I, I think the young linebackers may have something to tell us uh, in the coming weeks and days as well as that buck position Coach Sarkeesian was talking about. All right, for Joe Cook of InsideTexas.com, I'm Bobby Burton, and that's been Tuesday morning's edition of Inside Texas's uh, On Texas Football. Also, just so everybody knows, we also will have a live stream tonight uh, at uh, 7 p.m., uh, Jerry Hamilton, and myself. Have a good one. Thank you for watching. For more videos on Texas football, recruiting, and other sports, make sure you click the like button and subscribe to the channel to get the very latest updates. Uh, thank you for watching again and hook them.